Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey will talk with us about the winter outlook. What are we heading into in the months ahead? That's a little bit later. But first, the head of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce is here. The state's largest business organization has an agenda for the coming legislative session and there are several things they'll be watching very closely. Will pensions be addressed again in any way? Will lawmakers approve sports betting and how will the legislature deal with calls to make changes to the recently passed extension of the sales tax to some services. Nonprofit groups have been vocal about the tax coming their way. Dave Atkinson is the longtime head of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. He also has political experience as a former mayor of Owensboro who once made a congressional bid. Dave Atkinson joining us today and we welcome you and thanks for coming. Thanks very much, Bill. Good to be here. Happy well, Thanksgiving. And to you. Appreciate that. What are your observations uh, and what are you hearing ab about the economy uh, across Kentucky right now? Well, we've done two surveys mm -hmm. recently. One was a purely statistical data-based uh, survey of uh, population wages and uh, jobs in the nine regions of Kentucky. And that showed that the state is growing. We went back to the recession, 09, 10 and charted it from there forward, and the state is gaining in those three areas. Obviously, there are regional differences. Eastern Kentucky uh, is still hurting from the uh, downturn in the coal market, et cetera, and they've lost population, et cetera. But uh, Kentucky as a whole is moving up in those three categories, jobs, population, and wages. We are not keeping up with the national average, and part of that is that we're in the middle of the country. Uh, and, you know, it's the coast and the metropolitan areas, the big metropolitan areas that seem to be growing the fastest. But we did outpace the surrounding states with the exception of Ohio and Tennessee. We outpaced West Virginia, Ohio, uh, Ohio Missouri, uh, uh, in those, uh, those surrounding states in our growth, which was encouraging. The other survey we did was more about business confidence. And we ask our members across the state, we have thousands of members, businesses that join the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, we ask them how they feel about Kentucky being on the right track or wrong track. And we last asked this three years ago. Well, short version is uh, people are far more confident, uh, feel that uh, I think 63% said Kentucky was on the right track as opposed to like 49% before, so a dramatic increase. And then in terms of economic conditions and general confidence, they were up almost uh, mm -hmm. double since three years ago. This seems to be uh, basically some confidence in, the, in, in where government policy is related to business right now? Yes, over the last couple of years there have been uh, several pro-business policies passed by our legislature. There's been a conscientious attempt by the Bevan administration to look at regulations that inhibit business. And so, yes, that has been felt in the business community in general. And there's an optimism about business conditions being good, economy expanding, and um, uh, overall growth still coming out of the recession. Yeah. I know we're talking long-term trends, but how much does the, the holiday season factor into uh, the way people uh, feel about uh, things, how things are going, especially in retail? Right. In retail, I mean, the holiday season makes you or breaks you, you know. So I think going into the holiday season with business confidence being up, that's an encouraging thing. Um, some people say, well, we're in the eighth inning of this economic expansion, you know, what's coming next? But for right now, the business confidence is there. 
and I think that's showing up in retail sales. Do we still have an issue with a, a lot of open positions uh, in Kentucky that uh, can't be filled because uh, either the workforce is not uh, properly trained to do that or uh, the ongoing drug issues that we have? Yes. Uh, we still have a significant workforce issue. That is the most common thing we hear from business people. Large businesses like UPS and Toyota and small businesses also. People just can't find the number of workers and the workers with the right skills, in other words, the quality of candidates. So that's going to be a continuing issue. We opened up a workforce center within our chamber a year ago, had one employee. We now have eight employees in that workforce center. That's how dominant that issue is for business people. And what do you do for businesses there? We're, we've got people stationed around the state now, four people out around the state that are actually working to put together, for example, manufacturers in Hopkinsville or hospitals in Louisville, construction companies in the Lexington area, put them together and get them to strategically plan their own workforce future. Um, uh, get businesses involved in saying, hey, uh, hospitals in Louisville might need, uh, I don't know, pick a number, 3,000 nurses in the next five years. How are we going to train them? Is it going to be the community college system, a proprietary school? Uh, we're going to have to go across the river to Indiana to get something? You know, what, how are we going to get those? So it's business people planning their workforce futures. There seems to be an ongoing uh, debate in, uh, in Kentucky about uh, how much uh, we can afford to invest in, uh, say, higher education and in workforce uh, training. The, the, the Bevan administration obviously has moved into that uh, workforce development area. Uh, the public universities and colleges have been constantly cut by state government for the last 10 years. Uh, is that an area of concern to you? Yes. As workforce is the biggest issue, the biggest solution for that is education and training. And so education continues to be the top strategic priority of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. As a matter of fact, on December 3rd, we're going to release a report from the Business Education Roundtable. That's a group of 14 people, about seven top education leaders, seven top business leaders that have been meeting for two years and are preparing a report to basically lay out a strategy. Here are the things we need to concentrate over the next decade uh, or more, the next generation. Here are the things that's gonna, uh, that, that will help Kentucky remain competitive. Any hint about that uh, report? I'd rather wait till December yeah. 3rd. There's some people that are going to be putting that out uh, at that time. But it sounds like education will be uh, It is. It is an education report. Work requirements uh, for Medicaid have been approved by the Trump administration again for Kentucky. Now, a court uh, held that off uh, last year when it was approved, uh, last summer. Uh, is that uh, something that uh, you see as a positive development as a, a business community? Yes, we generally support that idea that uh, uh, most of us who are fortunate to be employed have to work to get our health insurance. And so a reasonable requirement to do what I think they're calling community engagement, which could be volunteer service, it could be uh, getting an education, it could be uh, uh, work. 20 hours a week, I think, is the plan. Of course, there's a huge issue then, how do you administer that? How do you keep track of it? Who monitors it? You know, and that sort of thing. But I think most Americans, especially employed Americans who are paying taxes, would agree that, yeah, people ought to work. They ought to be engaged. And that some of their benefits, not core benefits, but some of their benefits would relate to their willingness to do that. The Kentucky Supreme Court also recently uh, struck down these medical review panels, uh, which was a kind of tort reform. Uh, I, I would think that uh, business has some uh, interest, certainly, uh, in that, in trying right. to, to uh, limit to the uh, potential frivolous suits that are filed. That's right. 
there is a problem in Kentucky with frivolous lawsuits being filed. Uh, the big problem is one that never hits the books, so to speak, in terms of our court system because a company gets sued and their insurance carrier insists that the company settle that uh, before it ever gets in court. And so settlements, I've talked to a major business in Lexington recently and they said, when we have to go to court, we win. We get in front of a jury, we win those cases. But what, what costs us money is that we settle 90%. We have to settle before you ever get to a court. So, yeah, the Kentucky legal climate is not very good for business. Medical review panels was an attempt to try to weed through those uh, frivolous lawsuits. It got struck down. Clearly, that's a setback for the efforts to try to reform the legal climate. But uh, there are those of us who will continue to press the issue that we've got to do something about the cost of um, uh, the, the, the legal climate in Kentucky. You'll be releasing your legislative agenda along with that study you referred to on December 3rd. There'll be an event uh, for that. It will include uh, positions within infrastructure, energy, health care, education, criminal justice, and politics as we head into a statewide oh, yeah. election year next right. year. Uh, what are some of the things that, uh, that you're hearing that your members want you to uh, put as a high priority? Well, uh one thing is unresolved, a major thing, and that's pension reform, because right now that stands before the Kentucky Supreme Court. Uh, some people anticipate that there will be a decision rendered uh, mid-December. Uh, if by chance the bill that was passed in the 2018 session on pension reform is ruled unconstitutional, unconstitutional because of the way it was passed, the content's really not at issue before the Supreme Court, it's the way it was passed. So if that is turned back at that time, uh, I think there will be a certain amount of chaos. Other, other bills, other laws in Kentucky have been passed that way. Uh, so we would be back in the 2019 session pushing for pension reform if indeed there is an issue turned back by the court, if the issue is turned back by the court. Uh, if not, I think it's a matter of monitoring the two systems, the teacher's retirement system and the Kentucky retirement system, which is state and local workers primarily monitoring them, make sure their assumptions are right, etc. It's going to take a generation to come out of this hole that we dug for ourselves. It's a shame because it's hurting our colleges, it's hurting our schools, it's hurting our teachers. To uh, try to soften some of the cuts and to put more money into pensions, the legislature extended the sales tax to some services. There may have been unintended consequences in that, that they, uh, this came to include nonprofits. And, That's right. Uh, and so uh, they have been loud about that. Uh, there's a, a division of the chamber, in fact, that uh, has been subjected to that uh, in the charitable arm of your organization. So uh, do you think that will be addressed in, the, in this session? Yes, I think that will be one of the first things that is addressed by the legislature, the one, the, the, the tax on... Uh, raffle tickets or uh, if you're going to your church's fish fry and you have to pay six percent on the admissions ticket and that sort of thing uh, that was an unintended consequence and I sense that there's bipartisan support among legislators to, to turn that back it's not huge dollars that little piece is not huge dollars so there will be a fix so to speak in other words a few things that have to be kind of fine-tuned about the tax package that was passed in 2018 uh, the question is whether or not there would be a bigger package. Um, my sense is the idea of a, uh, the likelihood of a fix is, I'd say, 90%. The likelihood of a package 
maybe 50-50. Yeah. Well, but when they... Uh, a bigger package. If they take that element out, there'll be some revenue lost, so there'll be something to have to work out there. I understand the Chamber is also going to push uh, for some uh, highway streets and, and road improvements in the, in the Commonwealth. Yes, our infrastructure is falling behind. More people, uh, and this is a good thing, more people are driving energy-efficient cars. More people are driving hybrids, driving electric cars. And so the money that normally would come in from the gasoline pump uh, for taxes on the gasoline is not replenishing and we can't maintain the bridges and roads we have or build new ones. And business, you know, to operate businesses, you have to have roads and, and bridges. Um, other things, too, like, uh, you know, uh, buses in the ur urban areas. People in Lexington and Louisville complain about congestion and they need new traffic lights that are timed better and that kind of stuff. All of that is in this infrastructure uh, issue. And so, yes, one of our top priorities will be to push for, um, uh, for alleviating that. Some of it will be related to the gas tax, uh, but we also need to look at modernizing the road fund in terms of where revenue comes from. Dave Agusson is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. We are, of course, uh, talking about uh, issues facing the Commonwealth and the business community. We're going to come back in a moment. Workplace safety, another issue we'll talk about. And in Washington, some changes for Kentucky as well. And we'll be back. Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on his winter outlook a little later. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT, continuing our visit with Dave Atkinson, who runs the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. He was telling us it's uh, growing, by the way. Uh, you're, you're having to do a little building over there. Right? That's right. right. So, uh, We're, need, we need to expand our chamber headquarters. Good issue to have. Um, the opioid crisis in Kentucky is, is deep. We touched on it just a little bit earlier, but uh, it's a profound issue uh, for certainly families and individuals and for business in the state. Right. With the economy growing and with baby boomers retiring, we need every worker that companies can find right now to continue to grow this economy. And there are three issues in Kentucky that are affecting our ability and keeping, you know, over 150,000 people sort of on the sidelines who we would love to see engage. One is um, addiction, and that gets to opioids and other addictions, but addiction. One is disability, and one is incarceration. Those are three areas, and we've started to move into policies that you might not have thought a Chamber of Commerce would be that interested in 10 years ago, but for example, criminal justice reform. And we will have a bill this time relating to bail reform. Uh, that, that really needs to be modernized. It's keeping some people in jail because they can't pay the bail even though their offense is minor. So, when potentially they could go back to work. That's right. That's right. So we're looking at all those things. The opioid situation is horrible in Kentucky. It's horrible across the country. But we're kind of at the epicenter, and we're moving in the direction of getting employers engaged. Employers are having to kind of rethink their zero-tolerance policies in the past because they need their workers. And uh, so we're, we're doing some assistance for businesses uh, that, that are willing to hire folks who have struggled with that issue. Workplace safety uh, keeps uh, grabbing our attention in this state. Uh, we have so many reports of uh, violence and shootings and so forth. Uh, is the chamber uh, in a position to help businesses uh, address that or come up with plans? Yes, we've done some work in that area. We've done it ourselves at our chamber. We had active shooter training for our employees. Uh, what if somebody comes into the building loaded up, that kind of thing. Um, and the Lexington Police Department offers that kind of training. 
uh, we're trying to provide some guidance to businesses across the state as to how they can secure their facilities better. We had an incident this week in uh, Campbellsville, I believe, mm -hmm. um, uh, of a, someone that was apprehended who apparently meant to do significant damage. So that's an issue that no business can ignore these days. Sports betting uh, looks to be on the agenda for the legislature. There are going to be all kinds of lobbying efforts on all sides of that issue, it, it appears as well. Uh, does the chamber take a position on sports We're favorable betting? to that, yeah. and I think there's strong bipartisan support to pass a bill relating to sports betting. After the Supreme Court decision earlier this year, uh, I think you'll see states all working to accommodate sports betting. It's happening anyhow. Um, and so how to harness that and do it in a way that uh, uh, doesn't hurt our state and can gain some revenue for our, uh, our schools and government services. First new racetrack in almost 25 years will go into western Kentucky. It will include uh, uh, slot machines and historical racing. It's a joint venture of Keeneland and Churchill Downs. Is that a, a good step for economic development? That area is very enthusiastic about that, and we've been generally supportive of expanded gaming in Kentucky. And uh, yeah, that's that's a big complex, and it's being done by players who, by by business interests uh, that have a track record of doing quality work. In Washington, five of the six Kentucky House members who are Republicans will be uh, moving from the majority to the minority, while Kentucky's only Democrat uh, in the House, John Yarmouth, uh, could be budget chairman. Does that reality uh, change your uh, D.C. strategy and outlook? We all have to adjust, of course, and we knew that uh, Congressman Yarmouth was um, uh, rising in the leadership ranks on the Democratic uh, side when they were in the minority, now they're in the majority. And so, yes, we would naturally want to engage with him um, as he makes big decisions for the federal government. We hate to lose Hal Rogers from his uh, subcommittee appropriations position, uh, Andy Barr from his uh, uh, subcommittee position too, but you know, that's the give and take of politics. And our philosophy is we work with the folks that you send to Frankfurt and you send to Washington. Amazon decided to uh, split its East Coast headquarters uh, that it will be building between New York and the Metro DC area. Uh, Louisville had put a proposal together. Uh, but in the end, uh, you, you know, Amazon cited the high levels of educated workers as a key reason that they uh, went where they did. Uh, is it reasonable for Kentucky to think we can be in the running for such things? Well, Amazon is a huge, huge deal. Uh, you won't see that once a decade in the United States to have somebody. Uh, holding 50,000 jobs out there that they're going to locate somewhere. Of course, they did divide it into two locations. Uh, but yes, we can compete for uh, certain types of things. Um, any business is going to make a decision, where can we get our workers? Where can we get our transportation network? Louisville is profiting from the fact that UPS is located there. Amazon's locating a huge operation in, at the Northern Kentucky Airport. And there will be companies that gravitate toward those logistics hubs because they need to ship their product out overnight. I think over 100 companies have come to the Louisville area because of UPS, just like over 150 companies have come to Kentucky because of Toyota uh, uh, 30 years ago. So we'll have our shot when, we, when, it, when, when a company is looking at an advantage that we can offer, like central location, like air transportation. That's where I think we will shine. What else, as uh, we head into the legislative session and the governor's race next year, do you want uh, the business community to keep its focus on? Uh, 
I think workforce is the area where we all have to focus. And businesses can no longer just run an ad in the paper and say, we need a skilled maintenance person for our factory. We sure hope some of you will apply. They have to be more strategic and they have to work, they have to partner with their tech schools, their community college, uh, uh, other providers of training to, so that they have a pipeline. And you'll hear that word a lot in the future in terms of talent pipeline. Uh, they need a talent pipeline so that they know that they have a supply of the workers they need. That's the real challenge for the business community in Kentucky. A precious commodity. It right? is. If right. you'd like more information about the uh, Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, we'll put uh, the uh, website up there, kychamber.com, for members and non-members. Everybody That's can right. check it out. That's right. Dave Atkinson, as always, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Happy Great holidays to, to you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Stay with us now. Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey will be here in just a moment. His outlook for winter <laughs> next on Kentucky Newsmaker. And welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. I'm over here in the WKYT First Alert Weather Center now with our chief meteorologist, Chris Bailey, who is out with his winter outlook. And a lot of folks look forward to that. And I know you had it on yeah, the news, yeah. but it gets a lot of people talking. We'd yeah, like to know oh, yeah. kind of how you put and, this and together. You know what? And good to have you on this side of the yeah, studio for right. a change, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good to come over here. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. We had basically no fall. We did. I mean, we had, went, we, you had one day of it. Right. If you remember, we were into the middle 80s until yep. the middle of October. Yeah. And then it flipped on a dime. It's like summer stayed with us, and, then, and, then, and it, here we went. And it snowed, and we've had sleet. Uh, eight days already. Isn't that unbelievable? That is, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, the, isn't that a, a, an early onset? Of I think it is. I think yeah. it's a sign of where we're going. It's kind of the appetizer before you get the main dish that is served. <laughs> and that appetizer from Mother Nature has been a little snow, sleet. We even had parts of the region with an ice storm already. It's crazy. Yes, we did. And and it's been very <laughs> cold, I mean, for, for this, yeah. this time of year. Yeah, November is right. way colder than normal. So before we get into what you see coming mm -hmm. up in the weeks and months ahead. How do you put this together? What, what are you, you know, looking at? I look at a lot of the stats from across Kentucky on how the year is it's kind of stacking up so far, you know, summer and especially into fall. Then I go back and try to match those up with prior years mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is what happened then. It's similar to what happened now. Mm -hmm. Was there any correlation amongst all those years about how they turned out? Then I look out in the Pacific Ocean. And now you're thinking, what the heck are you doing out yeah. in the Pacific Ocean? What does that have to do with Pikeville or the weather in Bourbon County? Those steering winds. Those right? steering winds. Yep. It's the biggest, baddest body of water yep. on the earth, and it has a direct impact on our weather. It steers everything. And we look at, I'm going to show you a map here, what I'm looking at, Bill. You've heard of El Nino, right? Right. Uh, so we've got a weak El Nino that is coming on. The water placement of that El Nino is in the central Pacific right now. Why is that important? Well, when you start to see those normal or those abnormally warm waters that are centered in the central Pacific like that, it tends to lead to colder weather across the eastern part of the country. Now, you see that big blob of red? If that were over uh, just, you know, several hundred miles off the coast of Peru, mm -hmm. that's more of a warm signal right. in our part of the world. So it's interesting that no two El Ninos are created equally. And you look at the strength of them, you look at where they're placed, and the placement on this argues for colder than normal temperatures across our part of the world. And that is certainly something we're going to continue to watch for as we go in. Now, also, let's go to the Gulf of Alaska off the West Coast. What mm -hmm. do we have there? A big warm old water. pool of warm water, kind of uh -oh. like it's way above normal. And what that does is that also gives the eastern part of the country some warm or the cold weather with the warm weather. 
out across the western right. part of the country because that generally promotes the jet stream that will take a big dip across the eastern part of the country. So you can see the west is generally warmer than normal, which, by the way, is bad news for California. Given right. how dry they've been, the, the, the fires, fire situation. Yeah, yeah. But look at that big teardrop of cold across the eastern part of the country. And that includes right here in Kentucky. So that's the general setup. Mm -hmm. And that cold bill will uh, often, in an El Nino winter, be accompanied by southern storms that kind of ride up the eastern seaboard. Which is where we often get our yeah, snow. I mean, right. when, it, when, it, when mm -hmm. it comes out of that, we used to call it the Texas low, <laughs> sliding, that's right. exactly. sliding across uh, the southern states. And, and you know what? We've already had one of those. Yeah. That brought the ice and right. the snow last week. Uh, you know, that was a system that came from Texas and kind of up the eastern seaboard, brought a nor'easter up there and brought us ice and snow. Mm -hmm. So we've already had a little preview of that, and it's only November. So how does it go as we head into December, well, January? Let me show you. Let's go back to this map, and we're gonna, I'm going to show you exactly what I've put together in terms of the winter forecast. Here's kind of everything in a nutshell, Bill, and I've got some years on there that have been similar to this one. So I think it's a colder than normal winter, severe cold shots, and oh yeah, probably snowier than normal. Mm -hmm. Get a lot of frequent flakes that will be flying, and the analog years. Those years, I've looked back since 1950 to try okay. to find the best matches. So there you go from the most recent to the 60s. I went all the way back into, again, 1950. There are some heavyweights on there, 77, 78. Yeah. You know, kids didn't go to school for two months. That was rough. That was a rough one. But two, thir 13 and 14 13, were 14 rough. was yeah. rough. 14, yeah. 15 gave us those big back-to-back -back snowstorms mm -hmm. in February and March. But one of the top animals, if I'm picking two of those years that have been the best match, it would be 2002. Mm -hmm. 03, that gave us the ice storm. It did. In, you know, February of 03, and 77, 78. So those are two winters that are pretty big ones. Now, if we break it down month by month, I think December, in comparison to nor in, uh, normal, is closest to normal for that particular month. As you get into January and February, those are typically colder anyway, but those should be even colder than normal across our part of the country. And snowfall, you know, you look at this and you're thinking, boy, that's a lot of snow. And it is. We average about 16 inches in Lexington. Yeah. And last year we picked up 23 inches. So right. it's not like it doesn't happen. Right, right, Past right. 10 years, we've had colder and snowier than normal winters. And the here's, bold prediction. Here's what quickly. everybody kind of looks for. Now, given that the years I've looked back at, they all have produced some big storms around here. So, Bill, I think at least one time this year, one single storm, not gives you snow, ice, and flooding at the same time. Not in one location, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about maybe flooding in southeastern Kentucky, snow and ice in the central Kentucky. One of those type of storms. Well, interesting winter ahead. Well, you like. just wind me up and turn me <laughs> loose, didn't you? That's all right. We really appreciate it. Thanks for <laughs> yes, uh, letting us come over here and uh, stop by and get that update. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. Of course, Chris in the evenings. Thank you so much for joining us, and you make it a good week ahead.